1981, Reggie Collier became the first player in NCAA history to rush for 1,000 yards and pass for 1,000 yards in a single season. It was a good year for the Eagles, but maybe not for America as a whole. We entered a recession following the Federal Reserve's contradictory monetary policy trying to lower inflation. The unemployment rate was near that of the Great Depression. But there's always more to a story than you might think. Tune into Domino to listen to cascading events that have shaped our global economy. You can listen to Domino anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Season 2 is now available. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss to the top. What's going on? What's happening? How are you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda on the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. As I said, my name is Jamie Arrington. With me, Southern Miss Blackout's tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Jamie, good to be back. Good to be, uh, well, you know, still quarantined in my little hole here, but uh, enjoying some good time with the fam. And um and glad just glad to get on here, man, and get get back to normal a little bit. We are recording from our respective bunkers. Um, we <laughs> decided it was not in our best interest to be because I don't know where you've been. And uh I actually was working a conference week before last in Biloxi. And I don't know if I called you or not, but I was like they were filming a movie down there. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty awesome. I'm walking through, I had to go back and forth between the movie set. Uh, turns out, like, Martin Scorsese's the executive producer, like, Tiffany Haddish was in the movie. I was like, that's pretty cool. And then, like, the next Monday, I look on Facebook and somebody posted how someone in the cat and the crew got, uh, came down with the coronavirus. So I was just Ooh. counting the days to kind of see, all right, am I in the clear? You know, but so far, so good. We'll see what happens. But, um, so, so you're at the Beau Rivage and there is a movie being shot. I was staying at the Beau Rivage, but I was uh, the convention was at the actual convention center for the Coliseum. Okay. And, and there was a, a, on part of the building they were shooting a movie. I think the movie's called like The Card Counter or something like that. Um, and I didn't recognize anybody, but I just I had to go back and forth to the set a few times, just setting up where we were at. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They're shooting a movie down here, and then just, I mean, use the same restrooms, everything else. So you know, there's no telling. Um, <laughs> who got what, but it looks like that, uh, it's kind of going around. Um, the first Southern Miss person that we've seen to come down with the virus was a former football player, um, Dylan Rita. He was, mm-hmm. uh, he had been playing overseas, um, came back. Uh, next thing he knows, he's having some issues breathing. They take him in. He gets diagnosed with severe pneumonia and the uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. But it, it seems like he, he got out today. I think I saw on Facebook where he did he did get released. He's self-quarantining at the house. But good to hear about that about him. He's been through a lot. I mean, first Ellis, now this. <laughs> so that's, that's that's very true. Very true. But, yes, good to hear he's coming through. But you think about a guy. I, when I think about Dylan, I think about the 2013. So his whole career, he w- went – one in 24 or one in mm-hmm. 23 did not win a game to that last game. And I always think about 
him how happy he was to get a win. He thought he was coming to a conference championship team. And then he goes one in 23. Uh, but I mean, just, just so excited. Just played his heart out that last game against the Blazers and was glad to see him get the win. But he's going on to play some professional ball overseas. Uh, speedy recovery. I'm glad, I'm glad he's out. Hopefully he can have a swift uh, recovery and get back to normal life somewhat. Yeah, no doubt. Same here. Well, we've got the, uh, that's like, what is it? The fifth annual Last for Life coming up. I don't know. I'm, I can't count them anymore, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and announce it, even though we don't know when we're going to put tickets on sale given the circumstances. But, uh, the Friday, G, July the 31st, we're going to have Nate Bargatze back at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. If you've never seen Nate, just go to Netflix, search for Nate Bargatze. This will be his fourth time here in the Hub City. He was the second comic that we ever booked here in Hattiesburg. He's kind of grown from there. But he has really, really blown up in the past two years since the last time he was here. I mean, he's selling out theaters now. He's getting to be a household name. We knew it was a matter of time, but he agreed to come back to Hattiesburg for Last for Life. And I'm, I'm tickled. Nate is absolutely my most favorite comic that you've ever brought uh, in Hattiesburg, and you brought a lot of good ones. And I, I, I love all of them. But if I had to, if I was shoved into a corner and I had to pick one that I liked the most, it would be Nate. And everyone, like you said, does need to go and watch that that uh, Netflix special. What is it, The Tennessee Kid? The Tennessee Kid, yeah, that's right. Yeah, The Tennessee Kid's awesome. You, you, and, and plus, you can watch uh, Nate with your grandmother sitting next to you. You know, yeah. there's no, there's no. He keeps it as clean as you can possibly keep it, and um, it's 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 I, I can't believe you got him honestly. I mean, I know we got him. He's this will be what the third time he's been to Hattiesburg, but uh, he's getting to that level this now. Fourth time, fourth time, fourth time. Okay, but he's getting to that level <laughs> where um, you know, it's just a little odd. Like you'll look at his tour dates, and it'll be you know all across the country and the world, and then Hattiesburg, which is awesome. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how you pull it off. I'm just glad that you do. Uh, I mean, there's going to come a time where he's probably going to be too big to play here. But, I mean, I think he, he just likes coming here. I think he's got some family in the area. He loves playing golf. So that's usually how we um, trick him into coming back to Hattiesburg. <laughs> but uh, he's also so, gosh, I guess a couple – it's been fun watching the trajectory of his career. Because, you know, saw, saw him when I first started comedy on Comedy Central. I loved him. Got him to come here. And then next thing I know – Jimmy Fallon just happened to come to a club one night and watch him. And now he's like Jimmy Fallon's favorite comic. He toured with Fallon for a while. He's toured with Bill Burr. He's toured with Chris Rock and he's been touring on his own. He just filmed a pilot for ABC. And I don't know if it's been picked up yet or not, but there's a good chance that by the time this show comes around, he could have a new sitcom out on ABC while this is going on. So it's it's been really wild and it's been wild watching his Instagram and he, he makes friends with all these golfers. And I'm, I'm like, He's golfing with Jason Day, just like, like, just like normal. It's kind of wild. <laughs> oh, wow, uh, that's that's awesome. Also, we have another special guest named Leanne Morgan. Um, she's she's got a pretty solid following on Facebook on social media with some of her videos. So, um, you know, she's she's getting to kind of be a little bit bigger of a deal herself. So, like I said, don't know when tickets are going to go on sale. They were going to go on sale. First week of April, but given the circumstances, we're just going to wait and see see kind of what happens and make sure that we can move forward as planned on July the thirty first. All right, enough about that. Let's 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 jibber jabber about a little bit of Southern Miss activity right now. I didn't really fully 
make a lot of notes or anything. So we'll, let's just kind of go off the cuff here. I'm going to just go look at my Twitter page because I know I've tweeted some stuff lately. So um, Quez Watkins had a monster day at the NFL Combine. Uh, former Southern Miss wide receiver Quez Watkins. He had a sub uh, 4 4 40. I think he ran like a, was it a 4 3 2 maybe? But uh, 4 3 5? I don't know. That's anyways lightning fast. He was the second fastest football player at the combine. So he had a monster day, probably uh, improved his draft stat- status somewhat. I still think he's probably a mid to late round draft pick just because of his, his size and his frame, but his speed is going to make him some money. The speed definitely turned some heads at the combine for sure. Uh, and I knew he was fast. I, I mean, I didn't even know that he was that fast. Did you? I didn't. Like, I mean, like second or third uh, fastest, I mean, second, second, second fastest wide receiver time, and maybe third fastest overall. Uh, I mean, I know that I know my man can scoot. Yeah, <laughs> and you know he's one of those guys. That at the end of a game, you can always look back and you can say, "Well, that guy was better than everybody else, right?" There's like the uh, the defensive back from Louisiana Tech. I felt like he was like maybe one of the best players I had seen the year that year, um, and and. And quiz is the same way. You get done watching the game, and you're like, that guy was the best player on the field. So how is that going to translate to the pros? I don't know. But running in the four threes, uh, that moves you up the draft board pretty quick. And that's a, I mean, and that's not a stopwatch four three. I mean, that's like a legitimately. I mean, like you have all these high school coaches be like, oh yeah, my guy runs a four four, whatever. <laughs> right. But like this is legit. Like they double checked it, and he was actually faster than they first gave him credit for being. So, hmm. um, yeah. So he had a, he had an excellent day there. Some other Golden Eagles in the NFL that are, have signed some new contracts. Uh, former Golden Eagle wide receiver Mike Thomas, who has been with the Los Angeles Rams for the past few years, he just signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. He will be catching passes, presumably, from Joe Burrow. His uh, old um, offensive coordinator is up there in Cincinnati, so there is a little bit of a connection there. Uh, Raheem Nunez Rochez re-signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He will be practicing across the line from Tom Brady. And then you have uh, Jamie Collins, who signed with the Detroit Lions. So a couple of new Golden, Golden Eagles in new spots. Uh, some of them still in the same spots for now. So it'll be interesting to see how this, this shakes out uh, moving forward. Well, um, all of the spring sports in the NCAA have all been cut short due to COVID-19. So uh, basketball was finished before this happened, but let's just pretend that they're not because we don't have a national champion right now. Um, (laughs) Baseball, giving up the lowest amount of runs they've ever given up in a season. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Extremely low win total. Extremely low win total, but extremely low loss total too. Right, man. Yeah, I mean, how – not to just – I know that there's worse things going on in the world, but – for me personally, this couldn't have happened uh, at more of a worse time. Uh, not only did I pretty much have the roost pass for every single game, thank you, Dr. Thornton, for that, but uh, I was also going to go to the Masters this year, right? <laughs> and we were going to uh, Chicago in June to go to a Cubs game. So all that pretty much got put uh, on the back burner. And like I said, I know there's worse things going on, but for Mr. Bailey, this could not have happened at a worse time. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, hopefully we we can get things situated. I, I mean, hopefully it'll get situated. I don't know when, how long it's going to be, but hopefully things will kind of take care of themselves soon. I mean, it's uh, I've been cooped up here for the past week. I know you've been cooped up, up over there. 
it's it's just a you kind of have to transition to the way things are going right now. It is not the easiest on a three year old running around the house. I can tell you that much. And all the parents out there, I'm sure they're getting agree with me. Um, love my family to death. Uh, but, you know, being around anybody for that amount of time uh, gets a little – I mean, because Jack, Jack doesn't understand. Jack doesn't yeah. understand what's going on. He, he, like, why are we here? He doesn't get to burn off that energy that he gets to burn off at daycare. And, you know, me and Katie are just doing, trying to stay as, as busy as we can, working in the yard. I'm sure like everybody else is. And I'll tell you what, our backyard, front yard, and carport have never looked cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – no, it is what it is. You know, we, we, we've made it through things like Katrina before, and I guess that might have prepared us a little bit for this. But the toilet paper roll uh, supply is getting pretty low at the Bailey household. So <laughs> I might be knocking on your door in the next couple uh next couple of days for sure. Uh, another NFL note, uh, former Southern Miss quarterback Austin Davis. <coughs> Excuse me. That was uh, just a cough, not a not a horrific cough. <laughs> Austin Davis is the uh, quarterback coach now for the Seattle Seahawks. He's been with the Seahawks, but they promoted him to quarterback coach, and he is the NFL's youngest quarterback coach. That's really cool. It, it, he's just moving up the ranks, and I don't know. I, I, it looks like he's going to make a run at this thing. I, I, I thought for sure that, that that he would, and maybe he still will, but I thought he had you know, the, the front office kind of written all over him. But I guess he still wants to be around the game, still wants to be around the field. So we'll see where it goes from here. But it's good to see that he's moving up the ranks for sure. Well, you had a guest. Now, you did this interview a few weeks back. And with all the hoopla, it's just now getting to where we can put it out. Um, but one of the all-time greats in Southern Miss baseball. Why don't you uh, introduce this one for us? Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we did this, this interview. Uh, so we did this interview, uh, heck, probably about a month ago at this point. And that's when everything started going down. Uh, but, but yeah, he's, he is one of my favorite players. Um, he's a guy that truly fits that Southern Miss mantra. The, the guy that maybe if, if he was six, two or so, <laughs> you'd probably still be watching him on TV, um, to this day. But, uh, a super guy, one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. Southern Miss through and through, Hattiesburg through and through. Uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Jeff Cook. Okay, on the line now, a former outfielder for Southern Miss, um, graduated in 2003. He's top 10 in nine offensive categories in USM history, uh, the pride of North Forest High School, member of the Southern Miss M Club Hall of Fame. Welcome to the show, Southern Miss legend, Jeff Cook. What's up, Cookie Monster? Hey, not too much. Um, glad to be here and, and, and talking. Everything's good. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks for taking the time. And you know when I was doing the uh, when I was doing the research for this thing, I, I, I you know I was I, I remember when you were playing, and it doesn't seem that long ago, but it's been quite a while since you wore the black and gold, at least in between the lines. Um, th- does it feel like it's been like twenty years since you were out there at the Pete playing ball? It does not. I, you kind of hope that time doesn't forget those um, those those days, but uh, it doesn't feel like it's been fifteen years, and I guess it's been. Uh, almost 20 since mm-hmm. i was a freshman so so time is, is rolled on for sure um and, and, and you know you grew up in hattiesburg i grew up around the jackson area um but and again when i was kind of telling people like hey i'm gonna interview jeff, jeff cook uh, coming up pretty soon there's so many people that said 
Man, I tell you what, I played with that guy in Dixie Youth Baseball in Hattiesburg, and and I actually remember watching. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the Hattiesburg Dixie Youth World Series was played, uh, or the, the Dixie Youth World Series played in Hattiesburg at one point, was it not? Yeah, it was, and we had. I mean, we just had good teams back then. That was a little bit before you know, I came to the program, but uh, we always had a good Dixie Youth program to the extent that. They located the World Series here for, for one or two years. So it was July. Um, and, and it's a little bit different these days, but, but I, honestly, I, I kind of hope it goes back to that way with the Dixie Youth and the Little League. By the time that my three-year-old, Jack, uh, starts playing, I hope it hadn't all turned into the, the, to the uh, just world where it's just select play and travel ball and all that. I kind of hope it goes back to the other thing. I don't think it will, but... Um, but, you know, it, it was it's back in the – I mean, just for people that don't know, I mean, Oak Grove didn't have the Oak Grove section. It was, I mean, the Hattiesburg guys, the North Forest guys, the Oak Grove guys, they all kind of played at that Hattiesburg Dixie Youth field, and, and there, was some, uh, there was there were some fantastic stories that came out of there. Yeah, that's right. And, and we always had that, that good program here in Hattiesburg that, that took on, uh, you know, the kids from Oak Grove and the kids from, from neighboring communities. And uh, what you got was – uh, a consolidated all-star team typically uh, outside of you know the, the regular season where you just get to meet all the kids from the area, but you got this all-star team uh, of just studs. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit uh, watered down, you know, now, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But uh, back then, that was where you played your summer ball, and that's kind of where you, uh, you got to be friends with those guys that didn't go to school with you. Uh, and, and not, uh, not just that, but, I mean, we had really good teams. And it wasn't just one really good team, but it was four. And, uh, you know, we just had enough good ball players around here uh, at that one and that was condensed in that one program. That just made it year in, year out, a fun, uh, a fun place to be. And it's usually successful. So coming out of North Forest High School, um, I'm guessing you must have been just super heavily recruited. Um, and I've heard stories out there about, you know, you were possibly going to end up at Pearl River and playing football and baseball, I believe, and probably basketball and whatever else you wanted to because you're that good of an athlete. But, but, but ultimately, you, uh, you chose the Golden Eagles. Um, I just wonder, kind of, what, what was that process like uh, coming out of high school? Yeah, so I was, I was undersized for football, but would have told you back then uh, that football was, was my passion. I uh, played quarterback on an option uh, or veer-styled uh, offense and uh, was a probably a, a, a glorified running back at the quarterback position, uh, but certainly had speed, and uh, and that was my passion back then. And so uh, coming out of high school, or at least junior year of high school, uh, had started receiving a lot of uh, interest in football, uh, but it was going to be on the defensive side of the ball, probably, you know, some type of uh, junior college or, uh, you know, a walk-on at, you know, at a Division One school. Uh, now, I also played baseball and, and loved baseball growing up and typically uh, could tell that, uh, you know, as, as time went on, my talents uh, didn't diminish and, you uh, but I didn't, I didn't have a focus that I had in football with baseball. Uh, it just it was kind of a sport you played in spring and summer, but you, you kind of took serious the football sport. Well, 
as I understood and kind of learned that football was going to be uh, more of a, a uh, shot in the dark, you know, hopefully you can, can walk on it or, or maybe go play juco ball. Um, maybe baseball was where I was going to land uh, at, a, at a D1 school and uh, maybe hone in on some of the skills that I had uh, just taken for granted uh, in high school. And not to say that, that I you know, took them for granted and, and didn't practice. I always was a hard worker, but uh, it was always maybe second to football. And so that was kind of how you know, my, my mind was working uh, as a junior. And um, ended up signing with Southern. Uh, I guess it was the beginning of my senior year in baseball. And uh, from that point forward, uh, really took it serious. And, uh, you know, saw, saw huge dividends even in, in high school when I started taking it serious uh, to the extent that, you know, I was going to, I knew I was going to be playing at the next level. I knew that I had to, to work hard, uh, get stronger, uh, and, and, and really credit, you know, uh, Coach Palmer for seeing, you know, an old football player mm-hmm. uh, that had some pretty good bat speed. Uh, to, to say, hey, this guy could be a really good baseball player. Let's offer him scholarship. So, so Coach Palmer was he the was he the main uh, the main one that recruited you? Yeah, he was, and, and the story goes something like he was he was at a game watching a, a left handed pitcher, um, and uh, I, I ended up having a really good night. And uh, Coach Palmer ended up, I guess, discover, maybe discovering me. I, I certainly had been to camps and. And I was getting some recognition even in baseball from some other schools. But uh, I don't know that he came to that game to, to really scout me or to see me, but had a good game. And uh, I think he liked my bat speed and, and probably could see a little bit of uh, rough around the edges. Uh, but then he found out I was a football player and he liked the greediness. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. He offered me a scholarship. Awesome, man. Very cool. Um, very, very interesting how that how it all pays out. And, and you know, you tell these kids. I know when you're coaching, and and even even just friends of mine that I know that have kids playing, I tell them all the time, like, look, you know, always play your hardest. Always go as hard as you can. There, they, when you play today, there might be somebody in the stands that that's the only time they're ever going to see you play. So you might as well give it your all. And and I know that's that's what you did the entire time uh, of your playing career. Uh, and speaking of that, you were part of some fantastic uh, teams during your time at Southern Miss. Yeah. Um, I know the uh, the 2002 team went 36 and 22. Then the team just exploded the next season and went 47 and 16. In 2003, hosted the first regional in Southern Miss history, and at that time was actually a school record for wins. What, what do you what, what do you remember about those teams and maybe that team in particular? Um, that most Southern Miss fans kind of hold in super high regard? You know, probably the, the, the most important thing about those teams that I remember is that um, there were a lot of local guys that could have gone other places but chose to stay uh, here in Hattiesburg and play. And uh, I, I think that was a philosophy of Coach Palmer. Uh, now, you know, as you start naming names off of that 2003 team uh, in which we hosted the first regional, uh, you had guys from North Forest, you had guys from Pedal, you had guys from Oak Grove uh, in the starting lineup, and you supplemented that, uh, you know, with guys from, from, from outside the state. And then there were very few of those, but the ones that came in, uh, you couldn't have asked for, for better guys just all around. Uh, 
and not only that, but but there was a, a different type of work ethic on that 2003 team, and it, and it probably came or started in 2002. But but uh, Coach Barry uh, came, I think, from Meridian Junior College to to Southern Miss around that time, and and possibly along with Coach Palmer, created a culture of not only are you going to be you know a talented and gifted athlete and baseball player. But you're about to put in some work, and, and we're going to build a winning culture. And, and uh, Coach Palmer, Coach Barry had that at Meridian, and, and it was just a matter of, of them getting uh, the right pieces in here. And, and we've and we've we've said it, and, and, and folks around this area know um, baseball is really good around here, and, and there's a lot of talent every year. Uh, and so, if you want a successful program. You don't have to go looking very far. You can just look at the local high schools, and uh, I think it's been a, a, a pretty good model. It's been, in fact, I would say the evidence has been a great model uh, over the last 15 years. Is you get the best kids uh, from South Mississippi, um, and you supplement that with with folks out of the state uh, that are hardworking uh, and, and and will buy into the program. And the program is gritty. It's it's always it always has been. Um, and that's the recipe for success. And you got to credit Coach Palmer and now Coach Barry for, I mean, you talk 15, 20 years of sustained success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just incredible. And so it's a program that, that I'm proud to be a part of. It's a program that I look back at that 2003 team and say it was the local guys uh, that Coach Palmer pulled together to kind of kind of start that. And we've had success in the past, but, but that really kick-started uh, the program on a trajectory that's a top 25 program almost year in, year out. It's a regional contender year in, year out. Um, and it's just not someone, um, you know, that you, you want to play against uh, if, if you uh, don't want a hard fight. I mean, it's just a gritty team. And, and it's been that way since 2003. I feel like that was kind of the pinnacle of, uh, of how we started to uh, take local guys and make that the, the kind of stimulus of, of uh, or the nucleus of, of the teams. Sure, yeah, and that 2003 team, like you, like you kind of hit on there, but it, in fact, it, it did start a string of nine consecutive seasons in which uh, USM went to the regionals. I mean, not that USM didn't have some good teams before that, uh, but but that really, um, I don't know, you know, you hit on something there. It's, it's, it's kind of the Southern Miss way, that grit, determination. I mean, you, for God's sakes, honestly, uh, you, you're one of the best power hitters in the history of the school, and um, you know I don't know how you do it. <laughs> you, you're not. I mean, you're not a a, a Matt Walner stature. You're not a. Um, um, does that make sense? I mean, you 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 found yeah. a way through the bat speed and just. I mean, not that you're not a strong dude, but um, but you kind of typify what what that Southern Miss uh, really athlete. Uh, is you know that that maybe a, a tad undersized, but you know you go out there and you work your tail off and you get it done, right? Yeah, that's that's right, and and, and that's you know that comes from uh, that comes from you know something I would say that's internal, but it also comes from 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 the leadership and, and Coach Palmer, and, and uh, it's the culture at Southern Miss. You know, the day you step on campus, um, there's a lot of pride in not being outworked. There's a lot of pride in not kind of giving up. And man, when you get in those competitive uh, environments, whether that's a uh, you know some type of scrimmage or uh, I'm going to beat the next guy to win the position, to uh, it's game day. It, there's some that's bred at Southern Miss and the athletes of 
it, it's let's get gritty and dirty and, and do what it takes. And, and, and so that's that's the culture. Yeah, that that's it. You talked about uh, you, you talked about some of the players that you played with um, being from around around here. And honestly, I can't remember exactly where this guy came from, but um, you guys just went fireworks crazy. Uh, you and Clint King at the time, I believe they called you guys the Bash Boys, just set all kinds of home run records during that time. It was super exciting from a fan's perspective. Um, I, I wonder what was that like from from your perspective? Well, it was it was great to have Clint um, join the team, and, and I'll tell you, Clint had a similar story to me in that he he came out of Brandon, Mississippi, and Brandon that year had a great or at least his senior year, um, had a great high school team that, that played Hattiesburg High for the state championship. And I actually remember going and seeing this, this team play um, out at, uh, at Hattiesburg High in, in the championship game. And they were loaded. Brandon, they, they just were loaded with talent. But there was this one kid uh, that was built a little bit different, had some a lot of bat speed, uh, and little did I know, uh, you know that, that Palmer saw some of the same things I would say he saw in me in this guy named Clint King. And so he brought Clint on. Clint was a soccer, basketball player that that happened to play baseball too in high school. Uh, And when he got to Southern, uh, I think he he redshirted, but in that redshirt year, he honed in on kind of all the skills. I mean, it's almost an identical story that I would would say I I took. Uh, But he honed in on those skills and was so strong. And so it was. It, he was. He, he had a story a lot like me. He was a hard worker. Um, but when he got his time, um, he was incredible. And, and let me tell you, he could hit a ball uh, over the lights. It was something unbelievable to see. <laughs> but, but in that season, um, I, I think he um, he kind of helped. Uh, I guess initially in the early parts of the season, establish you know how powerful the lineup was going to be. Uh, you knew certain folks were going to be uh, consistent uh, that had been there before, but he was kind of the unknown, uh, kind of the, the redshirt freshman that no one knew about, or redshirt sophomore that no one knew about. And um, he started jacking these things out of the park, you know, like he'd been around for years. Um, that only added to, uh, you know, to, to a lineup that was already pretty good. You, you had a half power, you had Will Cut, uh, you had uh, me, uh, Griff Israel. All of those names were guys that could, could already jack it out too. And so you, you had a Clint King who possibly was, uh, not possibly, but was for sure, you know, the most powerful hitter in that lineup. Um, it really made it difficult to pitch around anybody. You had to come uh, as a pitcher against us and pitch to every single person. You, you didn't want to get to the next guy because, you know, we could hurt you. Right. Awesome. Well, it was super fun to watch, man, and um, and that kind of continued for the longest time. Um, looks like right now we might have to uh, wait a couple of years to get a couple of those guys back, but um, but we know that the program is still headed in the uh, in a positive direction. But and I don't I don't want to roll over these stats though. I mentioned it in the open, but but these stats are just are just too good to just just kind of pass over. So. I know you don't like bragging about yourself, but I mean, look, we're looking at top ten in USM history and USM baseball history in, in games played, at bats, hits, runs, singles, home runs, RBIs, slugging percentage, and total bases. That's just incredible when you think about the program that, that we have here in Hattiesburg. Um, th- did you expect those kind of numbers when you first arrived on campus? 
No, not at all. I mean, when I first got to campus, I really just wanted to play, uh, and that was that was my focus. Was you know what can I do to get on the field? Uh, you know those those things are great now, fifteen twenty years later, to uh, to kind of sit back and relish and, and say, man, all that hard work. You know, I'm, there's still some recognition, you know, somewhere in a, in a record book. But man, when I when I first got to campus. Uh, it was not a thought at all. It, the thought was, I'm going to put on this jersey, and I'm very fortunate to put on this jersey. Uh, so I'm going to put on the hard, or be, uh, work as hard as I can uh, to represent it well. I want to represent my family well. I want to do it. And, uh, and that was it, you know. And then just the pride of being a local guy and, and kind of making it with, with sort of this and being a starter. That was really my focus uh, was, was uh, just take the name uh, of Southern Miss and represent it to the fullest, and then represent you know my North Force community to the fullest, and my you know my family to the fullest. And, uh, that was that was my focus then. You know, it's it's really good to hear those things now, but uh, never in a million years would I dream that when I stepped on campus. <laughs> well, that's 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 pretty incredible. Um, and and you know the accolades really didn't stop. I mean, they continued throughout your baseball career, on and off the field. Um, First team All-American by USA Today and Baseball Weekly in 2003. Uh, CUSA Scholar Athlete of the Year and a three-time All-Conference USA selection. So, it, you know, with that, it, you know, we know about the about the on-the-field, but but off-the-field, it sounds like you took that uh, just as serious. I did, and that's probably um, a lot to do with my parents. I don't think my parents were, were um, very serious when it, when it came to uh, being good in the classroom and, and making sure I stay on top of, of not only my grades but my work. And, uh, you know, there's just there's something to be said uh, about uh, you know when when you're in school and, and for for that matter paying for school uh, to take it serious. But but I always enjoyed learning and uh, that started at an early age. And, and, and obviously I credit my parents with that. But um, as I got into college and I kind of felt a focus of and, uh, and of, of what I wanted to do, and all of that, just a passion for learning. Uh, I did take it serious, and, and and I think you know, as as you will see today, uh, it's a pretty good indicator of, of how someone's going to work on a baseball field too. Is if if they've taken you know classwork serious, it's pretty sure bet that they will take the the uh, the game serious and, and working hard to get get better and improve. And so, uh, you know, you hear stories now that. Uh, colleges or, or recruiters will say, you know, how the grades, if the grades aren't good, we're not even going to look at this guy because, you know, he's an indicator they're not going to work hard on the field. So I think that stems from just uh, my parents, you know, still in a, 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 a work hard um, attitude, and, and that carried over to baseball. I just, I, I, I credit them for all that. Cool, man. Um, so, so now that so, I mean, so now we kind of ran through your college career in, in 15 minutes there, but <clears throat> for the purposes of the podcast, so that's over with now. Um, college is over. Uh, you get the chance to play pro ball, fifth round selection by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, that must have been a that must have been a dream come true. I, I would imagine. Yes, I, I you know as I, as I was playing at Southern Miss, it became evident that that I wanted to continue to play baseball at a professional level. And, it was a dream come true. I, I had um, the great, uh, the great uh, benefit to play with with the Diamondbacks. I got drafted in the fifth round, which was which is incredible. Mm-hmm. 
and, and it was a dream. It, it's it's probably a dream for every kid that plays you know youth baseball. And as you get a little bit closer, it becomes a little bit more of a uh, as as I guess a prize. And so uh, you know when I got to do that, uh, it, it really was a dream come true. The uh, the hardest part about pro ball is that. Uh, when you get started in the minor leagues, uh, there is not a whole lot of glamour to it, um, but it's still the same game that you love, and uh, you get to play it every day without the obstacles or without the uh, distractions of school, and uh, you really get good at your craft. And so uh, it was such an op- such a great opportunity, and I look back on those days, you know, finally. Right. Uh, well, you so and you spent. It looks like, if my research is right, uh, you spent three years uh, with the organization. Uh, got to rub some elbows with with pretty good ball players uh, during that time, and put together some really solid stats at the professional level. I mean, I guess the wood bat and professional pitchers didn't give you any problems at all, because I'm looking at you know 314 games, 1300 plate appearances, 298 average, 23 bombs, 16 triples. Can that be right? Wow, it's a lot of triples. Uh, 78 doubles. Um, and you kind of hit on a little bit that it wasn't glamorous, but but it sounds like you took the pro ball, you know, really easily. You really didn't 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 miss a beat there. And we've all heard the stories about life in the mount in the minors, but I guess I'm interested to see like you know what, what was it like when you first got up there, when you first got the wood bat, when you when you knew that you were facing nothing but professional uh, athletes throwing the ball at you. Um, what, what, just that whole minor league experience. So what was that all like? Yeah, so the experience was was great. It, there, there was a learning curve, and uh, the, the wooden bat, I guess, is the great equalizer. Uh, but, but you quickly learn uh, that you better start barreling the ball, um, or else you're going to have a lot of broken bats, and you know you're not going to stay around too long. And, uh, fortunately, you know, I, I got the I got the hang of it, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and the great part of, of that was uh, not only you could hang of it, but you could get these. Uh, incredible strides because you play every day, and so if, if, the, if, the, if you're hitting the ball well, uh, it, it just—it seemingly you can get into uh, you know three, four, or five days worth of hitting the ball well or seeing the ball well, and that's a little bit different. That was a little bit different, so a little bit of aspect. Uh, but like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of glamour in, in kind of the, the environment. Uh, you know, some days you'd have a lot of fans. Usually, that was the the beer Thursday, uh, Thursdays. Or uh, you turn perhaps a fireworks Saturday, uh, and so you really have to motivate yourself to, to get up for a game sometimes. But uh, I love the game, and, and I took enough pride uh, in playing it the right way uh, to learn the craft. And, and the guys that are successful do that. And I did have some success. I battled some injuries, uh, one being a, a rotator cuff tear uh, that ended up being what kind of ended the career, but. Uh, had such a good time and, and, and met a lot of guys that ended up making it to the big leagues uh, during that time. So it, it, the, as I look back on those times, uh, you know, wish we, I would have had the injury, mm-hmm. but there's never a moment that I, that I look back and say, have I done something different or or uh, have any regrets? Well, Thirsty Thursday, i tell you what, after you said Thirsty Thursday, I kind of tuned out there for a second. That's that's more my my, uh, my speed right there. <laughs> well, um but but no, like you like you mentioned, I mean, unfortunately, even with the success that you had, all those stats that we just ran through while you were in the minors, um, you know, it's it's a kind of a cutthroat business. You had the shoulder thing, and um, but but I'm thinking uh, that that that's when you decided to go to law school, huh? 
Yeah, exactly. I, I thought I would be back. I actually I went to a tough surgery uh, with Dr. James Andrews in Birmingham and, uh, you know, kind of thought that the rehab would be tedious and hard, but, uh, I, you know, would be back the next season. Uh, by that time, I'd been traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, and, and I think the Pirates actually uh, thought that, that it would work out as well. Uh, but I did go to law school, started in the executive program at Mississippi College, uh, still, you know, still had the appetite to learn. Uh, and so did that, and um, as I went back to the next spring training, uh, the following year with the Pirates, uh, there was just a lack of strength in the shoulder and uh, balls that, you know, typically had square up and, and maybe hit off the wall or hit out. We're, uh, we're, we're not doing that anymore. And I certainly didn't have the long strength to, to throw uh, from the outfield mm-hmm. and, and be consistently uh, strong enough to, to, to throw anyone out or scare anyone. And so, uh, you know, had, had to come to the realization that, um, you know, I wasn't going to stay around long with that. And uh, so I just chose to be a full-time student and go to finish law school. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you get to dip your toe in the water, and, and sometimes sometimes that's enough. I mean, as as fans, uh, specifically fans that are from around Hattiesburg and, and love Southern Miss, we, we would have loved to watch you on TV for the next 15 years. Um, but uh, you, you've become such a great ambassador for the school that uh, – that you know, it it just kind of is what it is, and, and we're glad that you decided to make your uh, make your home right here in Hattiesburg. Um, but speaking of being a, a full time Southern or all time Southern Miss fan and growing up around the program, it must have been just one heck of an honor when you were inducted into the Southern Miss M Club Hall of Fame in 2013. I'm looking at uh, I mean other notable members of that class were uh, were T.J. Slaughter, Derek Nix, Bernard Hazlitt, among some other people, but I mean, what did that feel like, just going in? I'm guessing they get you all, get all you guys in a room, and you're there, and you're all inducted. Never been to one of these ceremonies, but what did that feel like, sitting next to the likes of Slaughter, D. Nix, and, and, and Hazlitt? Yeah, so that was incredibly fortunate that, that I got to be uh, inducted in a class that, you know, if, if you were to, to name, you know, over 100 years of, of, of worth of athletes, pick out a handful of names, you're going to get the Derek Nix uh, and the T.J. Slaughters and the Bernard Hasslets, uh, you know, high on that list. And so um, very fortunate that I was in that class. Uh, you look up and you say, have you really, uh, really kind of compare to these guys a little bit? But, but let me tell you, it, it's extreme honor uh, and, and certainly uh, was grateful uh, to have been thought of and selected to the Hall of Fame. It's just something that, you know, I look back at my time at Southern Miss and say, you know, as much as, as uh, you know, I, I've, I've given to the program, I've gotten so much more back. And, and uh, that, that being, you know, the very pinnacle uh, of, of giving back is, is, you know, not only did they allow me to, to come in and, and wear a jersey and pay for some school, but, you know, they, they have, uh, God, you know, in, in a career setting, anytime you mention that you play college ball, you, you may get a, a, an edge up on somebody or you just want to talk or socialize. It gives you a, a foot at the door. But, uh, you know, they, were, they honored me with, with uh, being in the Hall of Fame. And, and so to say that, I just say it's, it's the ultimate honor. Uh, th- there is nothing better than that. Uh, that could be um, a study upon you from, from the university. Uh, so I was incredibly grateful. And sitting on stage with the, with, with the other guys, uh, you know, I, I felt like they felt the same way. 
Absolutely, man. Um, thank you for sharing that. And and you know, it just got me to think. I mean, as we're going through this, I know we're hitting on all the highlights, but everything you do, <laughs> you seem to excel at. Uh, whether it's school, it's baseball, it's football, it's college ball, it's pro ball, law school. Um, what, what do you? I mean, and you mentioned your parents earlier, but is it just is it just that? That that upbringing and that and that gritty attitude and the, and just the uh, I mean do you think you're um, do you think you're blessed in that way or is it stru- truly just hard work or uh, th- I mean does that make any sense I mean you've you've excelled everywhere across the board and like is there anything you're bad at <laughs> like if I take you to the if I take you to Fourth Street Bar are you gonna beat me at darts uh, you know <laughs> my my wife may not agree with that statement uh, you know I I, I have been I've been blessed and certainly uh, believe that hard work, you know, pays off and, and, and would tell you that for the most part, uh, you know, I, I'm willing to, to work hard for, for what I want um, and, and what I think is, is, is what I should be doing and what's right. Uh, and so, you know, maybe that's the key, uh, but there's no denying that uh, um, I've been very blessed with a great family uh, to be able to come back here to Hattiesburg and uh, uh, to be around family, you know, that I grew up around. And so uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a secret to that. Uh, I, I'm just not real sure. But I certainly uh, know that I've been blessed and, and uh, can't tell you how much other folks have helped me, uh, whether it be on base- in baseball, whether that's teammates or, or whether that's, you know, in a career. That, that you always have to have help and uh, you know, that goes a long way with the hard work. So I don't know if I have a good answer, but I can tell you hard work and, and, and those around you always are, are uh, a good recipe for success. Cool, man. No, no doubt. Um, so, so what are you up to these days? I, mean, I know that you went to law school. I guess you're, I guess you're a lawyer. Um, I should probably know a little bit more about that before we got into the interview. But, but what are you up to these days? I know you're still in Hattiesburg. Yeah, still in Hattiesburg. So I'm vice president and general counsel at Washington Hospital. Um, now, that's that's typically how the community around Hasburg knows it, but, but uh, Forest General actually has six hospitals. Uh, they're regional smaller hospitals uh, in surrounding counties, and so it's, it's, it's a health system. And so uh, I, I guess I've been general counsel there for, for four years and uh, really happy to be at Forest General. My dad worked at Forest General for, for over 30 or 35 years, and uh, my grandmother, which was my dad's mom, uh, actually opened the hospital back in the 50s. She was uh, <laughs> she was employed there on day one and uh, was uh, ended up being the, the ER uh, chief nurse for years. And so uh, the legacy continues here at, at Forest Junior with the cook uh, being employed. <laughs> Very cool, man. Very cool indeed. I guess you're going to be running for mayor one of these days. Right. That's right. <laughs> so have you made it out to the Pete any this year yet? I have not made it to a game on the team. Now, I, I did go out and check out uh, the turf, um, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, but we, we actually went to Disney the first weekend and, and, and didn't make it out. But, but we'll be out there uh, most weekends when, when uh, the Eagles are in town. Cool. Oh, you went to Disney. I went to Disney a couple weeks ago. So do you, uh, uh, you're, a, you're a father, right? I'm a father. I have, a, I have twin five-year-old girls and a two-year-old boy. Wow, all I got is a three-year-old boy, and I have no idea how you do it. Um, but you're Jeff Cook. That's, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, as, as far as this team goes, and I know you haven't watched a lot about them yet, but um, 
I'm sure you talked to Coach Barry some here and there, and this team is young. Um, I, I guess if you could give any advice to these to these young guys, especially the, the freshmen on the team, um, just what, what would you tell them? What, what kind of advice do you think that you would give them? You know, I, I would give them the advice that uh, you, you get in a veteran's hip pocket, someone that's successful, someone that has traits uh, of working hard uh, and knowing knowing the game. That's you know you know knowledge. Uh, and baseball IQ is, is almost as important as the hard work, uh, and maybe sometimes it's equally as important. But as a freshman, uh, if if you can get in the hip pocket of one of those guys and uh, and you watch how they work, you watch how they methodically uh, dissect the game, uh, there is no better way uh, to hone in on your craft and, and, and make a smooth transition than doing that. And so that's my advice. But, but you, you got to be, be a hard worker. There is just there's once you get to that level, everyone has really good skills, and and so to succeed, uh, you're going to have to do something different. Most of the time, that's hard work and uh, having a higher baseball IQ. Absolutely. Well, dude, um, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, thank you so much for for taking the time with to the top talk today. I know that I enjoyed it. I'm sure the listeners will as well. Um, do you have any final thoughts for the Golden Eagle faithful out there? Uh, no, just that, that I love the university. Uh, we're so blessed to be, uh, you know, in, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And it was such a great university uh, and a great baseball program. Uh, and so uh, just always encourage, you know, folks to go support the team uh, and, and just, uh, you know, know how much uh, the, the Southern Miss University uh, and the baseball team and, and the athletic programs in general, uh, you know, mean to the community and so that you know if i have to say one thing uh it, it's great to come back to hattiesburg after law school uh with a family and be able to watch my eagles uh whether that's football basketball baseball um, all year round so very blessed about that awesome man well, dude fantastic job jeff i enjoyed that very much uh thank you again and southern miss All right, that was Jeff Cook. Uh, before we go, Jason, Southern Miss basketball. Now, we had a lot of growing pains this year. We knew we were going to have a young squad. We knew it was going to be somewhat of a rebuilding year. Uh, you had some highs and some lows. You had one of the toughest schedules in school history. Uh, but it seems like you're kind of laying the foundation for future growth and future championships here at Southern Miss. Well, we knew we were going to take our lumps this year, right? And take our lumps we did, but... It is so nice to have to, to, to see the fight coming out of these guys and, and to see the the amount of energy and really just uh, uh, his his coaching style and everything. Uh, Jay Ladner, it just he he is as good as advertised. And as soon as we get some horses for him to uh, to run with, we're gonna beat the crap out of people. I'm telling you, man, like this guy can coach. Um, with, you look at. I mean, you, t- you talk about being a little bit undermanned. We had one point guard on the team, and that was Gabe Watson. And he's not even really a true one, in, in my opinion. I think he's more of a two. That guy didn't come out of a game from Christmas on because he was the only one we had left on the team. <laughs> yeah. So, if you, I mean, just, just the physical toll that bringing the ball up the court takes on you every time. Never complained about it. Um, and, and is one of the better players that we had. Ladavius Drain's coming back next year. Stevenson's coming back next year. We're, we're hardly losing really anything. We're losing Lenny. That's about it, right? So, um, Bogon. 
Uh, Boban, you're right, you're right. Losing Lenny, losing Bo. And, 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 and just, you know, the future's bright. I, I'm not exactly, <laughs> signing day has not happened, right? I don't believe so. And I know yes, that so they've been the point guard up. from, uh, the point guard from, um, from, uh, Ellisville. Yeah. Or, the or point guard Pearl from Pearl River. There's a Pearl River. Okay. I think he actually uh, did already sign, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, well he's, he's going to play right from the get. I think there's going to be a lot of fresh faces next year. And I'm, I'm telling you that, that, you know, go ahead and get the seats that you like at Reed Green right now while you can, but, but because before long, uh, that place is going to be rocking and rolling again. And that, you know, and who knows what it's going to look like. I, I, that's awesome too, right? Uh, that money's still rolling in. I guess a little bit less of it right now with the corona going on, but <laughs> that tax money's rolling in every month. And, um, who knows where they're going to start, but anything they do is going to be an improvement. So I can't wait to walk into that building and not only be proud of the team, but be proud of the arena as well. That's that's going to be a super cool day for me. And there was a couple of guys, like you, you mentioned a few, that that uh, kind of made a name for this, uh, themselves this year. I, I think of you know the, the guy that really stepped his game up the most was Tyler Stevenson. So much fun to watch as we got towards the end of the year. Tyler? Uh, t- t- I thought that Tyler should have played more last year, but, you know. That was an entirely different ordeal, but but he he's just a he's just a bundle of energy, and he uh and, and he he grew up physically, and he was really a leader out there this year. He's an absolute leader, and I think Lejavius Drain. I still think he's one of the better shooters in Southern Miss history. He had a little bit hard. He had a harder time this year than anybody expected him to have, but the the, the team as a whole uh. I, I thought that they, they they never gave up the entire year. I thought they got better. I thought they learned a lot, and um and the addition of Art, right? Yeah, Artur Kanochik. Yeah, uh, this kid's gonna be as good as he absolutely wants to be, and I can't wait to see him grow up either. So I mean, he's back. Tyler's back. Gabe's back. Drain's back. We're adding the true one, and who who knows what else you know we're, we're going to sign. They, they are working on some true fives, my man. They are working on some true fives. There's several yeah. guys. Six ten and up that that we're in on right now. I, it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how that shapes out because that's something we've always. I mean, I never had one. No, nah, it's very few. Since very I've been, I mean, I'm I'm thinking maybe Gaines. Back in the day, was he a true five? Uh, you know, I guess he could have. I mean, for college, yeah. I mean, yeah. You think Bandero Jones it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, he was. He was, but I think he was six seven. Um. We, we had a couple of guys that were rim protectors, but yeah, we, we've had a few and far between on the uh, uh, very, very good big men. So, um, well, good. Well, let's shut it down, man. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at To the Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, Jason at Bumper J Bailey. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, like we said the past couple episodes, we've, we've done away with the Patreon program for now, given the inconsistencies of when we release these episodes. That being said, we will probably have some time on our hands coming up, so maybe we can turn some more episodes out. Uh, Jason, do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans out there? Man, just everybody hunker down. Um, let's flatten this curve. Stay clean. Stay focused. And uh, and and. St- and just go ahead and get ready to whenever we get back out there, man, it's going to be great. So get ready to get back out, get your tickets, get your giving on to the Eagle club and, um, and everybody stay safe. 
you can do side bends or setups, but please flatten that curve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe, give us a rating and review and whatnot. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.